David, good morning. President and CEO of the Better Government Association. Obviously, we start this morning with the governor's plan to gradually reopen Illinois called Restore Illinois. And we're starting to see reaction come in. Some business groups say they're they're pretty happy with it. Uh, some Republican lawmakers say they don't feel like it's moving quickly enough. Uh, David, that no matter what the governor does here, somebody's going to be unhappy about it. Well, yes, it's hard to thread the needle on something like this. And we are seeing what appears to be some partisan reaction. Of course, any move toward opening business is welcome uh, by the business community, although there are many people in the business community who um, are eager to see their businesses affected. We're not yet at the point where, for example, there's widespread opening of restaurants, et cetera. Um, We're still only in what Governor Pritzker calls the phase two or the flattening phase of the reopening process. There are two more phases to go before we would be uh, well, actually three more before we're back to what he is calling Illinois Restored. And, of course, that that last phase is contingent upon a vaccine or an effective treatment. We have to have ample testing and tracing. Those things are still a long way off. But, of course, at each step along the way, there's a a little bit more that we could have. I know that for more than a few of us, we're really rooting for phase three to get here. Just to be able to go get a haircut would be really, really nice at this point. Uh, But no no doubt that this is still going to be a very long process and still with a lot of pain, uh, not just pain for businesses, but obviously fiscal pain for the entire state and its government, because with each passing day under these conditions, Illinois revenue continues to take a dramatic hit. Well, that's one of the very interesting things about this approach uh, is that the governor has set very concrete objectives that must be hit in order to move to some of these uh, opening measures, such as in phase three, when 10 people are allowed to gather, for example. Um, In order to get there, we have to hit those, uh, you know, those measures that you you just mentioned. And um, it's not arbitrary. There's not there's not room built in for sort of a gut feel on the part of the state or the governor in particular. And in doing so, um, he could be in a position where there is increased political pressure uh, to open up. Uh, but at the same time, he he has laid down this this uh, rubric and uh, can't really back away from it now. So um in a way, it may insulate him from pressure. He may say, listen, we haven't hit our marks yet. Or it could be he's caught in a position where there's so much pressure and he could have to back down or or just stand there and resist that pressure. It's interesting to note that the, the governor had uh, really resisted this uh, this regional approach to reopening, noting over and over again that uh, the virus didn't uh, pay attention to county lines. Nobody was immune from this. We were seeing uh, sharp numbers of uh, per capita cases in some of the least populated rural counties in the state. Uh, and this comes days after we saw protests both in Springfield and Chicago against this. A lot of those folks are painting this as an example of what their pressure has brought to bear. The governor, I'm sure, would uh, deny that. Uh, But there's no question the political pressure was definitely mounting on J.B. Pritzker to change his approach on this. 
Well, it, it, I would agree with that, Jim. And um, it, it does appear, um, uh, you know, from what we can tell, that that the approach, the regional approach, seems to make some sense. There's a lot of difference between the conditions, say, in northeastern Illinois, a highly urban uh, area, with some of the downstate areas that are uh, that are quite rural. And um, the challenges are different, too. The capacity to deal with a surge of patients is much larger upstate uh, around the Chicago metropolitan area than they are downstate, where some of the hospital systems only have a, you know, a couple dozen beds that they can use to treat uh, any COVID patients who might come in. So um, these regional differences now are built into the plan. If, if it is a political accommodation, uh, so be it. it it does seem sensible on some levels. We're talking with David Grising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association here on Full Disclosure. David, uh, going back to the protest that we saw on Friday and people out there with a variety of messages and a lot of folks talking about their concern about being out of a job or having their business jeopardized. Other people seem to have different agendas, though, including some folks who were using some pretty pointed Nazi imagery and even Nazi slogans directed toward the Jewish governor of Illinois. Yeah, this is really a highly regrettable aspect of this um, whole situation. While it's entirely appropriate for people to get out and protest if they so choose, uh, to bring into it this Nazi imagery is really just disgusting. And Governor Pritzker um, the other day said either people don't know what that symbol means or there's a lot more hate out there than uh and some of us may have realized either way, it, it's horrible to see uh, this dragged into uh, what is a legitimate public debate. Um, but when you when you start targeting that kind of symbolism at a Jewish governor of the state of Illinois, uh, it, it's really despicable. Uh, and there's no excuse for that kind of behavior. You know, uh, some of them were saying they were just trying to communicate that they feel like uh, Pritzker has been uh, too heavy handed in all of this. Playing the Nazi card is always pretty inadvisable. But you had one woman in Chicago, for example, who actually used the slogan from the entrance to Auschwitz, uh, work will set you free. Uh, and and there, I, I don't see how that could have just been an, an accident or a misunderstanding there. Uh, that was pretty intentional, particularly directed toward a, a Jewish governor, as somebody noted. She even, on the uh, hand-lettered sign, drew the letter B in the distinctive way that it appears at the Auschwitz entrance. Uh, again, pretty despicable. And it, it certainly doesn't help the protesters uh, deliver their message. So it just seemed wildly misguided. And uh, one hopes that as protests continue, we know that there are more being talked about in the next couple of weeks that uh, uh, people will uh, try to focus on the issues at hand and not delve into some of that uh, really ugly and regrettable type of rhetoric. David Grising's here, president and CEO of the BGA. And of course, uh, David, better government usually uh, happens uh, best when we have all three branches working. And right now, one branch remains on the sidelines. Republicans getting more and more antsy about this. Another news conference today. And pretty understandable, as we're now uh, almost two months into this and still no word from the Democratic leadership of the House or Senate as to how or when they're going to bring lawmakers back into session. And the clock is running to address this uh, this new enormous budget crisis and other key issues we're facing in the state. No doubt. Uh, Illinois is... Uh 
is not alone. There are other states where legislatures have not yet gone back. But on the other hand, uh, there are legislatures around the around the country that are doing their business. California is just going back now. Um, and there seems to be no real plan for doing so. And uh, as the Republicans have been pointing out, there's a lot of important business to be done, especially uh, passing a budget that Governor Pritzker has already indicated is going to be facing serious challenges due to COVID. And the sooner the legislature makes uh, a it makes a plan for getting back and doing the people's business, the better. It's interesting to note that Governor J.B. Pritzker does have the power to call the legislature into session and has declined to do that, saying it's really up to the legislative leadership to figure out how they want to do this and how to keep their members and their staffs safe. Uh, but you can't help but uh, but wonder if the governor isn't secretly sort of enjoying the idea that there really isn't anybody <laughs> pushing back against him on this, that he's able to, to handle this the way he wants to uh, without the legislature trying to get into the middle of it and maybe change things. I, I don't suppose there's been a governor anywhere in, in the United States that hasn't wanted that scenario to play out at some time or another where they know they don't have to uh, to get the legislature on board with whatever they're doing. Now, this Democratic supermajority in both chambers would probably endorse what the governor's doing anyway, but it doesn't seem to be any rush to, to have them back and, and take a chance on it. Well, uh, as you point out, the governor does have the power to convene the legislature uh, in the case of pestilence or public danger, which uh, by any definition, we are in a case of pestilence right now. He could very well uh, call them back. Um, and as you say, uh, he shouldn't expect a lot of trouble from a legislature that is dominated with a supermajority in both houses uh, by his party. Uh, uh, he seems to have a reluctance to impose his will on the legislature. We've seen that not just in this instance, but also in the way, for example, that he has handled things like uh, the ethics reform agenda. He refused while the legislature was meeting earlier uh, this year, he refused to set forward specifics about what sort of ethics reforms need to be undertaken and instead left all of that work to a commission that was established for that purpose. So the governor, for whatever reason, shows a lot of uh, respect, uh, some might say deference to uh, the legislative leaders. And in this instance, uh, as you're saying, maybe it avoids a little bit of political uh, uh, heat to bring the legislature back does create a platform for those who oppose him. Uh, on the other hand, people like uh, House Leader Jim Durkin in the minority or Senator uh, Brady, um, uh, the leaders of the Republican uh, uh, caucus, it, as well as others, uh, are finding their own platform. Criticizing the government, they are getting attention. So if it's if it's the governor's hope that by not calling the legislature back, he's going to quiet down any opposition, I don't think that's working very well for him. Yeah, again, no uh, no question. We're going to see uh, Republican uh, lawmakers holding another news conference today via Zoom to again call on the governor to bring the legislature back. Buster's got a press release from Senate Democrats who want to know more about the the nursing home response. That's been one big issue in, in a lot of this, as we've seen some really bad outbreaks in nursing homes, including one here in Sangamon County about the testing, also about the distribution of, uh, of PPE 
two nursing homes and, and some Senate Democrats out with a press release today wanting more data from the state uh, about this. So, yeah, the legislature is still making itself heard. It's still injecting itself into the discussion. It's just not able to actually vote on any of this right now. And again, the clock is running. We've got a May 31st deadline before you then have to have a supermajority support for your budget or anything else that you want to do. Uh, but the leadership, again, does not seem to be uh, rushing to to bring lawmakers back to Springfield. We'll watch that carefully. It has to be noted, though, and even though these numbers are from before the governor rolled out this new plan that he uh, announced yesterday, uh, the governor, J.B. Prisker, has been getting generally high marks from the public for his handling of the crisis so far. Well, he is, and, and, and there is something to be said for a daily press conference uh, to help a politician's uh, public approval. Uh, if you get up there and you show some degree of knowledge about the details of the problems you're addressing and have in, say, Dr. Ezekiel, somebody who represents the state very well at the Department of Health, um, uh, it, you know, He's getting exposure that uh, many politicians would just crave, although the circumstances, of course, are really dire and and not welcome in any respect. We're seeing, by contrast, President Trump, who, uh, while he at first, uh, the polling showed, was benefiting from this kind of exposure, now it seems that his popularity is going down uh, so that this is not necessarily... um, uh, a, a windfall for a politician. If they don't perform well, it can actually hurt them. But in Governor Pritzker's case, he seems to have had pretty good command of all of the facts. Uh, he seems to be very deliberate in building a plan. Um, he has had to stand up to protests uh, th- about his his kind of hardline measures uh, with regard to shutting down the state. But he seems to have done so uh with some reasonable explanations and also showing a, a, a bit of understanding or appreciation for those who disagree with him. So by and large, this seems to be resonated, resonating quite well with the public. And um, uh, that's, that's, that's probably to all of our benefit because uh, public support for some of the measures that he has undertaken uh, will be needed as we go forward. And, David, we are out of time. BetterGov.org is the BGA's website. Go check it out. Back next Wednesday morning here on Full Disclosure. Thanks, David.